Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Uh, welcome, tryhards. We're back with a little hiatus last week. Did you miss us? Did you miss me? Well, considering we've just had a two-hour pre-chat chat, um, yeah, I have missed you. It was very strange not to do the podcast last week, but it was a nice break because obviously it was linked to the fact that I was on holes. You so. were on holes. You um, flew off to Dubai for ten days. <laughs> <laughs> banter yeah. we're not influencers we don't do things like that um you went to Dawlish Devon um Dor- yeah Dawlish Warren yeah um and had a lovely break I mean it was raining on and off the first day we were there it um it was either raining and winter or boiling and so what outfit to wear was a, a big struggle I I went for the wear a jacket and then just suck up the fact you're like boiling a bag between <laughs> when the sun comes out. Very so spicy as- hits when the sun comes out. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, so we're staying in Dawlish Warren, and then there's a walk that you can do um, along the seawall around Dawlish. And it was really nice. I haven't been to Dawlish for years, but it was really nice to have a wander up through um, High Street. There's some really sweet shops there. And right at the top of the town, there is this little craft shop. And I went in and it was run by, there was two women in there. And I was kind of looking at little bits and pieces and all like uh, sewn um, and um, knitted, like, I don't know, at little animals and toys and like clothes and stuff. And and I looked at the, I looked at one of the prices and it had a name on it. And basically it's just all local um, people. I'm not going to say women because it might be guys as well. Yeah. Um, local people that take their stuff that they've been doing through lockdown and um, their pastime and they've been taken to the shop and they've set it up and they're selling it. Yeah. So I bought a few little things um, for my niece um, who. You've got a niece indeed so when we were on holiday um mum came down to meet us we had a wonderful pub lunch it was very odd being in a pub with my mum again (laughs) um and then we went for a very rainy walk and in the process of doing that mum didn't have any signal and she was being rung by my brother to say Lucy has had our little baby and she's all healthy and so we had a wonderful news when we were there that um mum Lucy is doing fab 
baby who is yet to be named is um, just the most beautiful little human being and my brother has been a star so um, I think they should just call it baby try hard because that's what I called <laughs> when I messaged Joe I was like the newest try hard is here I'm so happy so um, welcome to the world little baby and we cannot wait to get you in some try hard stash <laughs> I think we're gonna have to get her like a baby grow maid because the socks won't fit her so <laughs> maybe anyway. we could put her in a sock <laughs> You might fit in one of those. Um, well, how lovely and how nice to get a break as well. I'm so glad that the weather has picked up because how nice over the bank holiday weekend to just get out and about and do outdoorsy things. I went paddle boarding last night. Yeah, on, uh, <laughs> on the river. Evening. Why didn't you tell me? You didn't tell me that you I saw, I saw your post last night, but yeah, you know, I'm just so outdoorsy nowadays that, you know, I do things like this. Um, I went on the river Ely, which, um, is very close to where my flat is in Cardiff. And it was so nice. We just kind of, um, meandered around for a, a couple of miles, me and the girls up and down the river. Um, it's very calm and very flat. So like not too scary. Um, I did have, I did take myself back though to a bit of kind of nolly rugby analysis on the pod and very specifically was thinking about when we talked uh, in the autumn last year about um, pancaking and pancake tackles and I think that is the only way to give you a visual of what it looked like when I stacked it on my board but managed to stop <laughs> myself going in the water. So if you've ever been stand up paddle boarding you'll know that a lot of the time if you lose your balance you basically end up running on the paddle board and you kind of run off the back or front of it you you give yourself too much momentum and you push it away from yourself so I was very conscious that I didn't want that to happen because I didn't want to fall in the water so when I felt myself go I just thought don't run and I just splatted myself as flat as I could on my board <laughs> And yeah, I stayed, I stayed on top. So um, my friend Katrina was like, have you win yourself? Have you win yourself? Um, I didn't win myself. And I was just well, very splattered and pancakey. Good job you've got um, airbags to, yeah. to soften the fall. <laughs> Do you know what? The biggest thing that I find, and this is going to be, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been paddleboarding. Um but as a woman, this is the thing I find the most difficult about it is because I have an ample um, airbag system, um, <laughs> Apple ABS, but also I had my life jacket on over the top. Oh, God. So it my feet. So I'm like, I've stood on my board and I'm going to my friends. Am I too far forward? And my friend Kat's going, put your feet on the logos. I'm, I can't see the logos. I can't see anything. All I can see, if I, I can't see my feet if I look down. And I've got size seven feet. So yeah, that is problematic for me. And that's the thing that I kind of laid awake last night thinking <laughs> I would be so much better on my power board if I wasn't, if my view of my feet was not obscured by my ABS. Oh you know what i'm um i'm very i'm very pleased that you wore a life jacket i think that that's good um even though you are clearly a tremendously strong swimmer given your 75 lengths this morning congratulations thank you um, the 2k but run out of time well i may i'm massively impressed swimming is brutal i you know what i'm going to let you into a secret Go i've on. never been paddleboarding um no so we, i went swimmer, though, so that doesn't really surprise me 
Well, so I um, I went on holiday with Rach Burford. Uh, can't remember where we went. Just like went away for a week, and then it was brilliant. But realised that we went. We she hired a board um, in the sea, and because of my knee, I couldn't get up onto the board because I can't kneel. So yeah. I couldn't bend my knee enough. So I basically just hung on to the side <laughs> and then just, and then she went off and did it. And I just kind of bobbled about and swam around and then went back in again, obviously looking like a luxurious um, sunburnt mermaid. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, so I've never been. So, I, and I've always, ever since then, I've panicked that I just can't get up onto it. So I always think, well, maybe, I need to go to like a jetty or something and do it on a river where yeah, yeah. paddleboarding in the sea is brutal because obviously <laughs> you've got like a current like well so my friend Kath waves <laughs> yeah my friend Kath is six months pregnant and she went paddleboarding last night so okay. extreme you'll be fine we'll get you up on a board we launched off of a jetty and you would have like enjoyed I think the fact that I things like this make me quite nervous. Like I'm always really worried about having it because I'm so accident prone because my back's not been very good lately. I was really nervous about it. Despite the fact I know I really enjoy it. I got a bit like concerned about doing it. So I got in the car with the girls. And I was a bit like, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried. As soon as I put that life jacket on and I was carrying the paddle board, I am the absolute archetypal all the gear no idea like I was people are looking at me like oh my god she's obviously a really good paddle boarder so it just gave me the confidence to get out on the board because I was like I was people would genuinely look at me thinking wow she's outdoorsy and I have my Teva sandals she's outdoorsy yeah so and I always think the Teva sandals are very like oh I bet she's done a Duke of Edinburgh gold award so I really felt the part and you know what they say, look good, paddle good. So yeah, it was it was a great adventure. And also I burnt 450 calories according to my Apple Watch. So yeah. I actually probably burnt more than that. I, I, it's it's brutal. Did you see, I don't know how far they went, um, but James Haskell and Chloe Madley did a charity paddle. Yeah. And like watching their Instagram, they were like savage. Like they apparently were just so exhausted. I don't know what they did. It is your knees that go because you put so much kind of like tension through your legs that you get off and your legs are like jelly <laughs> properly like jelly as right. much as you're obviously using your arms I, for me it's a kind of like and I've got no core strength either so I feel like everything is going through these brick like legs but <laughs> more updates my paddleboarding well tell you what one thing I did forget to say about my trip to um down to the south coast yeah um was that I got to spend the day with Susie Appleby so oh, the week before um I'd gone down to Exeter Chiefs and those that haven't seen it um the RFU produced their first ever kind of rap show of um the Premier 15s that went out on England Rugby YouTube called All In and um I did a little feature for it I felt a little bit I had to channel my inner Laura Jane Jones um, and I was like doing my interviewing, I like had my little iPad, not that I was looking at it because I was too nervous. And then I was like, you know, I had to do these links to camera and honestly, Bunks, who is like, it's his company that does all the production and stuff. He was like looking at me like, why can't you just say one line, Nolly? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, what do you want me to say again? And I didn't. <laughs> um, How much but, nail biting was there? Oh, honestly, it, but I really loved it. It was so good. Like my first ever kind of interview like that in the women's game, like being Susie, who I've known since I was 16, like has mentored me, one of my closest friends, like 
one of my closest confidants been my coach like everything and she was a person I got to sit down and chat to and then it was lush and we were talking about like obviously the success of Chiefs this year and then I spoke to Gabby Cantona who is the American Centre um really lovely girl like she's been smashing it this year and then the youngster Flo Robinson um who is 19 I was like oh wow uh, like she was one of the girls so her and Meryl Deutsch were the ones that got called into the England game for their first cap away to France like epic opportunity lights out at 60 minutes so didn't get onto the field so hasn't got her first cap but it was really cool talking to them anyway on the back of that I spoke to Susie and said well next week I'm coming down to to Devon and then we managed to obviously it's the end of the season for her um managed to meet up and saw um yeah went for a lovely long walk along Exmouth Beach and for those that haven't been there before I didn't know that Exmouth Beach opened up all the way when the um water went out so went on this amazing long walk and then pub lunch um and scarily we drive in behind a car a big Land Rover that had a boat on the back of it and all of a sudden we were like three cars behind all of a sudden I saw the boat like whip and then go into the crash into the wall and I was like oh my god like so everyone had like slammed on their brakes and it was so weird because the car that had stopped on the other side was a fire engine I was like this is really odd so there's a fire engine and then literally within about 10 seconds an ambulance came from behind us so like literally like all of the services just happened to be there oh my god and I was like oh my god I hope it's okay anyway because it was like into the wall we like we went past because otherwise it would have just been chaos yeah and it wasn't attached to the car so basically what had happened is the 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 Land Rover had driven up the hill and it had detached and flipped flown back down the hill so like we were saying, like, um, we don't know how it didn't hit the car behind. Like we were all, it was quite busy road. Very lucky. We were all going like 30, 40 miles an hour. And yeah, like, but I just thought it was so bizarre. How so big like, the fi- was it? Um, I don't know. It was like a boaty boat. <laughs> the boaty boat face. <laughs> but what I just thought was so weird. One that it didn't hit anyone. I was just like, oh my God, like, brilliant luck that no one was helped yeah. but then literally the guy in the car was like like looking he, he, he could see he was like oh like what's happened but how weird a fire engine and an ambulance just happened to be there it was literally like it was part of a tv show <laughs> when I was a kid we went to the Isle of Wight on holiday and my mum and dad borrowed my uncle Kev's trailer tent and as we pulled out of our close that we lived on my dad hadn't basically put it on the back of the car properly and it came off it was brand new and it broke yeah well done njj thank god we've never been on a trailer tent holiday ever again since then because i'll tell you what one thing i have enjoyed recently i'm sure we'll talk about some rugby at some point but i enjoyed your parents posts recently on social media i enjoy i really like just how they love to go for a glass of wine or a beer and they just they just they just love it and they love each other and I just think it's fabulous. Was it their anniversary recently or something? Have I, why have I, no, no, was it just, just the sunshine? They don't need an excuse. And do you know what? I always, so I obviously look a lot like my dad and have and share a lot of his mannerisms and don't look like my mum. My sister looks like my mum and my sister looks like my mum's side of the family. I don't. And my parents, the amount of times that people have assumed my mum isn't my mum and that she, is my stepmom and my parents have been recently that they've recently married because you would never guess they've been married for nearly 35 years yeah. because of the way that they are 
no it's nice it's really nice and um, and I also just I also just love the fact that when I have seen you recently um with your parents how you and your dad just argue like bicker you you even told your dad stop showing off which I just thought one was brutal because that's the worst that's the worst like shut down ever that my mum would ever say to me and you're saying it to your dad which I just think is really funny it really takes <laughs> legs from somebody I think like you there is no it's brutal no you know brutal. what no, that, no that there's something else that is worse so stop showing off in front of your friends that's horrendous someone saying that you've got bad breath I think is the worst thing <laughs> It's so cruel and so. Have you seen they um at Exeter Chiefs? They basically played a massive prank on Henry Slade for like for ages that he had bad breath and he got a massive complex about him. And Jack Jack Knowles still gives him loads of it. Basically, a couple of the boys had like a chewing gum or a mint. You're like, oh my god, have I got like hanging halitosis? Yeah, no. So so he um basically a couple of the boys had like decided between the two of them that they were going to say this and um so he was somewhere and he bumped into one of them and they were like oh mate you've got bad breath and then like it was just the two of them and he was like oh shit like oh uh, oh no have I <laughs> and then um and then he went to, then like went around the corner and then did something else and, like an hour later and someone else said oh you've got really bad breath mate and then like it then that started and he said he would always have chewing gum like he was <laughs> And even in an interview, I think it was on Jack Knowles' podcast, they were like absolutely caning him for having bad breath. But there's no comeback from it. It's so cool. <laughs> oh, it is awful. William, my godson, does it all the time. He's like, oh, your breath smells because he knows it's like a great way to shut an adult up. Um, so I always go, oh, my God, have you farted? I love that one. Have you farted? But Winnie is two. And I've, this is what makes me realise that little girls are far more intelligent than little boys. Winnie's now taken to farting, but blaming the dog. <laughs> she sits there and she'll like loudly trump. You can hear it's come from her. And she'll go, oh no, Margot farted. <laughs> like, we, do this. we all heard it. Oh no, Margot farted. Oh, brilliant. Bad, breath, bad farts, stop showing off. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, should we talk, because we had a, a rest week last week, we didn't talk about the Prem XV's oh. um, semifinals. Oh, what did you put your hand up for? I put my hand up for because you were the voice of God. How oh. on earth did you... Like, so when I saw on your social media, oh, I've been asked to go to Saracens to be on the microphone. I was like, do they realize that there is a very, very strong possibility this woman might sing Disney? Like she, if she's given a microphone and an audience, that might happen. <laughs> I didn't. I feel like if I did it again, I would get a bit more like confidence to sing. On the-, <laughs> the closest I came was when Rocky came on and I went, here's Rocky. Um, I also wanted Fleeto to score so that I could go Fleeto. Um, she didn't. I before <laughs> the game, they took me down to the shop to like pick some sari stash to wear. Love that for me. Um, great new dog. They give it to you. Yeah, gave it to me. I left the <gasps> labeling in case they asked for it back, but now it's been <laughs> so. So I wear it to walk the dogs. Hey, Honestly, first rule of thumb: if someone gives you kits, take the label out. Yeah, oh, sorry. The label. oh, sorry. Shit, sorry. Oh. Um, but <laughs> that's then, one all we've both sworn now apologies to apologies. everyone that it has taken 57 million episodes for us yeah. to just to do it but yeah, we've sorry about that so they took me to the shop and Bryony Cleal was in the shop getting some jerseys for um, the little twins that she mentioned when she came on our pod they had come to watch the game uh, the first game with fans back for the girls and I saw her in the shop. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'm the stadium announcer. She's like, what does that mean? I was like, oh, I'll be the one going. And Poppy Crystal is her. She was like, looked at me like it was a really mean thing to say. Now, her sister scores a lot of tries. Like, I didn't think that was a mean thing to say. But it then obviously spurred the two Cleal twins on because they scored all of the tries between the two. <laughs> so every try announcement was Bryony Cleal or Poppy Cleal scoring a try. So... That was good fun. Um, it was really nice to be able to catch up with a number of the girls there. I got to drive home with the Saracens legend, Georgie Gulliver, in convoy on the phone. Um, nearly followed it all the way to Devon. I didn't get off the motorway at the right time, so took a massive 45-minute detour, but had great chats. Um, but I just have to say, like, a massive round of applause to Saris because... It was just an amazing day. There were 1,600 fans there, which was a record for a um, regular season match at the Stonex Stadium. Um, And it was great. It just felt like a real occasion and a real kind of playoff occasion, not just a case of the fans are back, but this is a playoff and let's have some fun with it. So really respect Saris for the equal weighting that they're giving the men's and women's Um, games at the stadium. Well, did they have kiss cam? Didn't have kiss cam. Oh, dancing cam? 
uh didn't have dance camp they did i did get to interview um mrs gulliver at half time and i did make the 1600 people in attendance give a round of applause to our key workers because obviously george is a, a healthcare worker so oh, see what got, you did there yeah um before the game i interviewed a couple um the lady's name was barbara and when i walked over to her i was like oh, all right babs and she went no not babs never babs i was like okay barbara it is <laughs> so slightly awkward moment wow. there. okay um yeah so she got her point across but yeah it was really really cool it was a really fun day um and I have to say the match, the Saracens left for a semi-final. I thought that the winner of that game would be the winner of the league uh, proper. That was not to be, but what a game. That was an absolute stonker of a match. An unbelievable advert for the league as well. Um, just so, so good. And I thought Loughborough were amazing value. Um, it made me really excited for next season when things are even more normal again. So it was absolutely awesome, awesome stuff. I know that you were at the other semi-final that day. Well, no, I ended up not being able to go. I was hoping to go, but I couldn't because it was the same day as the Champions Cup final, which was across the road. So I was within a stone's throw, um, oh. not, made, not necessarily my stone's throw, because um, as Susie pointed out on the beach, I still, I have to throw underarm now because I can't throw overarm anymore. Um, she had an interesting out the back door throw because she couldn't throw overarm either. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was, and I was recording stuff for the big tackle. So we were at the stadium early. So it was a real shame I couldn't go, but I was watching online as much as I could. And yeah, like, you know, fair play to Quinns. They absolutely turned up um, and punished like every mistake that um, that Wasps made um, and Wasps didn't have any territory. They were giving away penalties. They couldn't build phases. And basically it was a carbon copy then when you looked at how Quinns played Saris. And, yeah. and a lot of teams, you know, you can say, or, you know, it's the, it, you know, it was Wasps errors. And I know that Giselle was, I haven't spoken to her, but can imagine she was absolutely fuming with some of those errors that the team made, but that comes with pressure. And, yeah. and it might be an individual pressure from the person because they're in a semi-final and there's a crowd and they're playing against Quinns, but it also comes from the heat and the intensity that the opposition put on you. And yeah. I think actually seeing how they then transferred that into the final and speaking to, to Rachel, the captain, she, she basically said, I thought we'd played our best game in the semis, oh, really? and, which was a credit to, credit to them and actually puts into perspective where Wasps were. And I think it yeah. was a shame because... You know, we didn't see the best of Wasps. They came back in the second half. Um, they did a good, you know, they put in a good shift, some decent defence, to be fair, but you can't do anything without the ball. And um, it, it was brilliant to see fans and the atmosphere at the Stoop. You know, they've been fortunate to really invest a hell of a lot over the last half many seasons to, to have those crowds there. Um, so I think they've got a little bit more used to it. But, um, yeah, I think definitely the best team on the day won um and then they as I say they they backed it up the week after but being at being at Twickenham for the Champions Cup final with 10,000 fans at Twickenham um I don't often stop in the commentary box and just enjoy the atmosphere I get caught up in like 
what am I going to say? Not missing a moment on the screen, you know, on the screen and on the pitch and on the big, like whatever. And, and actually for the first time, I think in, I don't do it very much, but I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed really? standing there, chatting about rugby, watching the teams, not feeling a whole heap of pressure to perform and just let the game take it. And, you know, and then even like, silly things like you know the noise coming from the crowd and the energy and you, I think you, you obviously get the energy from that when you're stood there in the commentary yeah. box but there were shots of the crowd and there were shots of things where we didn't have to fill and we could just let the game talk and and, and people enjoy that so yeah we, it was as I say it was disappointing to not go to the women's semi but um it was a a pretty close second to to be able to commentate on my what was my third Champions Cup final which is pretty mad so in terms of the Champions Cup final, did you think the rightful winners were the ones with the trophy at the end of the game? You know what? I, you know, La Rochelle absolutely pumped Toulouse up front and they're thinking like, but they kept butchering. Like one thing that they've been like watching them all season in the Champions Cup in particular, I've watched loads in the Pro 14, but the detail of their catch and pass, which is something I spoke about, is just unbelievable. And yeah. the one thing that let them down at the start of the game was their catch and pass. There was like knock-ons and like, you know, there probably should have been a card earlier at the scrum in particular. It was like penalty after penalty after penalty in the 22. Um, but it was then a game changer when Bottier, the massive centre, like, yeah. well, not massive in height, but massive in, in uh, influence, um, went off for uh, the high shot. And like, I, on made out, and I don't, I don't jump at big tackles. Like I've, you know, I've had big tackle, been to big, smashed to people myself and, and I, and I've whacked people and I've also watched obviously a lot of rugby live. I jumped in the commentary box where I, I no it shocked me seeing how hard he got hit. And then waiting for the replay, I was like, I think his rib cage has been crushed. <laughs> um, luckily, what was good laws on Para in the um, challenge cup final a few years ago, one of yeah. those real like bone shaker it's the whip action of someone's head and I think you know Maydar's got like a reasonable amount of hair so there's a lot of movement going on um but you know what was good is that he went off for an HIA probably a little bit too late he didn't go off straight away but he went off and he came back on again and played so like from that point of view it's really good that he was okay because it was yeah. absolutely bone crunching and uh, but then saying you know saying that it seemed to spur La Rochelle on like they became they came alive when yeah. they went to 14 and actually if they hadn't like they were so it was so good that they scored at the end because it was like they made they brought the game back and then it became yeah. this like massive crescendo to the to the 18 minutes um which was cool because it then brought the crowd into it like you want that like going right to the wire type of game I loved the my favorite thing about the whole day was the fact that a number of the Toulouse players including Peter Aki had taken ski goggles with them <laughs> And I saw somebody tweet saying, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this, that taking them like preemptively to wear if you win. And I felt like, I can't remember who tweeted it. It was another one of the hot takes of Twitter that are abundant in, on rugby Twitter at the moment. But I felt like saying, have you ever, ever got champagne in your eye? Because there are few things more painful than getting champagne in your eyes. And you know what? If I... It, if there is going to be a trophy for the Nolly Waterman testimonial match, I'm probably going to take ski goggles or my swimming goggles that I wear on a Wednesday morning because I am not risking getting champagne in my eyes. And, and there's I a have... big surface area of those eyes to hit. <laughs> so huge amounts of respect to the Toulouse boys. Hang on. Can I just say, 
it was also, I think, the, the best photo of the Champions Cup all year. <laughs> like, I, the photograph would be like just so like absolutely lose fans that they get ski goggles to wear on away trips and stuff now if i made ski goggles i would be making bespoke to lose ski goggles for the fans right now ahead of us <laughs> and then just spray each other with patch we could start getting this off the ground together try hard, <laughs> try hard cross to lose ski goggles love that for us um shall we now talk about the prem 15's final from last weekend um i much like when i told the tnt delivery man that i thought france would win the six nations decider i was tipping saracens to take home prem xv uh, glory on sunday prem xv where is this i mean it is 15 the number 15 is used in our in not uh, yeah i know that but obviously after i called i the, know yeah so you know but it's fine it's fine so yeah just in case the listeners are getting a little bit confused in case it, anyone's um, getting confused blame world rugby for causing the confusion but anyway um oh you know what at king's home with fans in attendance Nolly on social media on Prem Nolly on the socials. How was it? Um, I enjoyed it, actually. I've never done really like a proper takeover like that. And I was a bit like, oh, what do I do? I'm not really doing anything interesting. I'll take, taking Koya out for a wee in the morning. We'll do a little video there. Um, watched All In. Had a little, like, I was like, oh, better use a nice mug. Don't want to use my wasps mug that I might not. <laughs> um, and then, you know what? It. It couldn't have been a better day. Like the the weather was outstanding. The pitch looked awesome. King's Home is, you know, got a, a decent amount of noise to it anyway. Um, and yeah, I mean, it there were elements of the game that weren't great, but there were also games, the parts of it that were brilliant. And I think what I really loved about it all was that it was shown on BT Sport. So um Sarah was their pitch side um, and Skaz and Sarah. It was really funny because I was talking to Sarah Elgin and every time they kept speaking to Sarah Orchard, that like, she kept like, oh, yeah, hang on. Because I think she obviously, one, used to only being the only woman there and also the only Sarah. So when they well, kept I spoke to Griff, who directed the game before the game on, on Saturday morning. I spoke to him and he said, oh, it's going to be really confusing because I've got Sarah Elgan pitch side. I've got Sarah Orchard in comms and Sarah Cox, the referee. I was like, well, she's Sarah Cox. You can call her Sarah Cox. And he was like, oh, well, she did call me gruff on the meeting the day before. So we're even. So I know that that was, uh, that I'd had a bit of beef about it, which made me laugh. Oh. But yeah. You I know what though? It was, it was, it was so good to just be at a women's game again. You know, I did, when I did the Bristol Wasps game, it was a bit overwhelming to, to see everyone. And obviously the girls are super used to it. But for me, I was like, oh God, I'm around lots of people and lots of people yeah. I know. And it was lovely. But it was really cool. I got to see loads of people I haven't caught up with. Um, Kerry Large, giving it large. Um, obviously, we had a bit of a cheer to the fact that she was match point winner. She went, they don't know that I know. I know. I was like, okay, yeah, I know, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was cool. And, and also, one thing that was bloody amazing, Rochelle Rocky Clark ran out at 40 years old in a day. She, that must be a record. There must no oh, one be a premiership, a premier, even in the men's. I wonder, has there ever been a player that's played in a premiership final 
that's over 40? Uh, I think there has. I think... I knew this would be a good question for you. <laughs> who the oldest premiership player would be. I mean, should we give you the countdown? Oh, no, don't count it down because I'm not going to get that. But I'm trying to think... I don't know. Keep talking because I'm going to have to Google it. I thought Nick would maybe. Okay. Well, anyway... Um, it, it was absolutely brilliant to see her coming on. Obviously, she's disappointed to to not um, not get the win, and I'm sure Sari's girls will be massively frustrated. But Quinn's just suffocated them. They suffocated them right from the start. I, I think it was potentially going to be a huge blow losing Rach as captain and, and in centre, like in terms of how she opens up the game. But one player that massively impressed me was Langi Tuima. You know, she's had a huge amount of injuries. I think she's had shoulder operation all sorts and some of her kicking she did the most amazing clutch kick to take Quinn's because Saris came back into it and then she kicked the kicked a penalty that took them eight points ahead and I don't think like there wasn't that long on the clock and so it was going it took them to two scores which I don't know was just awesome because like, I was talking to um to Nathan and Ben um who worked with the RFU and we sat in the box together and, and Ash and like and actually the like, because women's goal kicking hasn't always been amazing, you know, we would be forced to go to the go to the line or take a yeah. quick tap because they didn't have the length or the distance or the or the courage to to hit those penalties. But yet, that's the game changing moments if that you see in a men's game that they will take it and and if they go for it and miss it or you know normally they go for it and yeah. and then that takes them above and that's the tactical decision making that potentially the women's game hasn't had. Uh, like the ability to do because they haven't had the skill to do it and that's not to disrespect the girls because um, like I've never kicked a goal off the tee so I'm not I'm like I'm not saying like it's a it as a disrespectful thing but I think it was just awesome to see Langy step up she broke Wasp's heart in the season with kicking one very similar um so to do it in a final in front of that many people live on tv and we'll say was brilliant it was on bt sport but it was also streamed live which yeah. i think was super important yeah because it had been all season i think that's important to so that those people don't get left out in the cold if they aren't subscribers to bt sport um mega no and and also what they did was i loved i actually loved it because the rf or premier 15s tweeted a, a map of the world in what time the game was going to be and um, cool. so that actually and they've recognized that a lot of people do tune in from around the world and um yeah I, I just thought that was a nice little touch yeah um, and it was it was like you know I was on the big screen with Laura Winter she was doing the like, announcing and stuff and <laughs> at half time like we generally couldn't work out who had the bigger crowd and so I was like oh why don't you like be like oh cheer for Quinn's cheer for Saris and then she was like yeah, so we're going to split it and I'm going to say Quinn's and Nolly, you're going to cheer for Saris. And I was like, oh, God, Saris fans, you can shout. <laughs> well, so you're not going to want to wear, you're not going to want to borrow my new Saris jacket. Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I thought, I think you look good in, in black and red. <laughs> um, so a huge well done to Quinn's on their Prem 15s win the attention now starts to turn to sevens. I know that the two GB teams are off to Dublin this weekend. They're going to play a little uh, intramural against the Irish teams at Swords at the um, elite performance base there. Um, is it is Monaco this weekend? 
is the final repechage for the Olympics this weekend in Monaco. We should know because our darling D is there running the show. Uh, but we are almost at Olympic sevens. It is nearly time. And actually, this weekend is pretty much the last selection. So it, it was interesting. I spoke to Holly Aitchison after the final and obviously gave my commiserations. It's really lovely because she was stood with Sarah Beckett and they I got oh. a photograph of the two of them. And I didn't realise they like went to school and did county and all sorts together. Like it was really lovely. And um, I was talking to Holly and I said, you know, how have you been? Because she was obviously had a long time injured and she's back. And I said, you know, I was laughing about playing 15s. <laughs> um, but she she said she's kind of back in the groove. But having spoken to her and then spoken to a few of the other girls, like psychologically, this is this is probably the toughest they're going to find yeah. uh, rugby in their career this weekend. And I, I really hope that they have the courage to go and express themselves and enjoy it because it is, you know, crushing as a player when you just want to impress so much, you want to just do everything you possibly can. And, and although that's what you think, you know, as a, as an old girl now retired, you look back and you say, well, actually coaches pick on lots of different things and it isn't just it might be the fact that you have the most ridiculous tournament from nowhere you know come and, and show something but actually a lot of it is cumulative um and so I think I you know I said to her just go and enjoy it and be you know be brave and and, and be you um so my, that's kind of my message to all of the girls and guys um but it's it's big moments you know for the first time ever in the women's game in particular you know it's not going to be dominated by England and I love that but at the same time, that's a different pressure on the England girls and it's a different pressure on the um, Welsh. You know, Scots and the Welsh because they've got an opportunity now. You know, the door is open for them. Um, so they've got to prove that, which I think is, uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Well, the door is open to them. The door is open to me because I'm going to see them all tomorrow at Loughborough. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking you taking your boots? Um, no, it's not. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> At the end of the day, there's a lot of people who put a lot of time into this. And just because the Olympics has been delayed a year and my hand's been fixed doesn't mean that I should now breeze in and take one of those spots. So <laughs> I I look forward to, to putting my hand up. And, and I'm there for any advice they need. So, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing them. To be fair, you've probably been, well, you've been to more World Series than... Um, than, than any of the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you told me recently... Jazz came to you as the most senior Welsh girl on tour um, mm. when you were working at the Sevens and the Welsh girls were there. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll leave that in the hands of the selectors tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be reporting back next week. See you soon, Trohards. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.